Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our host, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome back. I did it again. <laughs> Was that like the third time in a row you've done that? Probably. Welcome. Yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm going to make up for it tonight. Welcome to episode 207. I am Anthony. I am Michael. This is the Beers and Bible Podcast. Anthony yes. didn't say that. I did. Um, if you what don't know who we are by now. <laughs> that's true. You did You did tap, listen, and hit the play button on true. whatever podcast thing you're listening to. So you sought it out, and here you are. Here you are. So <laughs> with, with us two idiots. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we're back. We're back in Galatians. Going to drink some beer. Have a good time. Yes, we are. How's your week been, man? It's been pretty good. We've been really busy, but um, like I was just telling you, it rained here. And then like it was almost 70 degrees today. It is mm-hmm. January. I hope Puxatani Phil is wrong in a couple of weeks. I like I, I would. I so want spring to be here. I. I I'm I mean, I don't think that groundhog has any idea what it what's what. I don't put any stake in his quote unquote predictions, <laughs> but um I agree with you. I'm ready for a winter to be over and for us to get into spring. I saw today that there's some town in Alaska that had its first sunrise in like sixty something days today. That's and I was dumb. like and I was like, Oh, why why would you live there? Like <laughs> why would you live anywhere where you can't see the sun for more than six or eight hours at a time. Dude, um, have you ever watched the show Life Below Zero? No. On the Discovery Channel? You should watch it. It's amazing. It's about people who live in Alaska, but like, not like people who live in like the city in Alaska. It's people who live like in the bush in Alaska. Uh-huh. And it's re- it's really interesting. You'll get sucked into it because there's some really cool characters on there. Oh, I imagine. I think like, I think, um, that part of the world is beautiful. Like it, mm-hmm. it looks beautiful and I would love to go and, and explore it and see it. I just don't know if I could commit to live there. Yeah. I, not me. I hate the cold. Now, if you want me to live like off the grid on a beach somewhere, sign me up. Yes, I will do that. I mean, you're pretty close to a beach as it is. Yeah, but I'm not I mean, off the grid. I mean, you could, I mean, if you wanted to bad enough, you could, you could, you could start eliminating parts of, of the grid. It's true. I do have a piece of property. I could, I could like, I could go throw a tent up out there if I really wanted to rough it, but throw a camper on it and just, and just call it home. That's true. But there's, uh, I will say this where, where it is, there's like a Bucky's within two miles of, of there. So that's not really off the grid either. No, it's not. If you can get a Bucky's barbecue sandwich in 10 minutes from your property. I could do that. Then they are good. Those Bucky's sandwiches. <laughs> yes, they, they are. are. So Dude, good. barbecue sandwiches with the pork rinds and the mega large, like 960 ounce Coke. Oh, yes, please. Makes me want to go there right now. Well, we have a podcast to record. Can you hold off until we're done? <laughs> yeah, I'll hold off till we're done. I'll do it tomorrow. I want pictures. I want proof of you doing this. <laughs> I have done it before. The biggest Coke. The biggest Coke they sell is like, it's like a Route 44 from Sonic. It's that big. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Everything at Bucky's is great. And we go there for fun. Like, I, I don't know that I've only, I've only bought gas there once, maybe twice. So when we, we, if, if we go to Bucky's, it is like, we have to plan for an hour. 
because mm-hmm. there's just so much to look at. And I mean, it's an experience going there. Yes, it is. Um, and if you don't a lot for that hour, you get sucked in really quick. This um, is true. But anyway, we're not going to talk about Bucky's <laughs> anymore tonight. We're going to talk about <laughs> beer. We're going to talk about Galatians. Um, and we both have, I think, I think we both have interesting beers to drink tonight. Yes. Um, and Anthony, why don't you start and tell everyone what you're drinking? I will do that. So I have, uh, I wanted to get something crazy tonight and this was there. And so I bought it and I told Michael, this is either, I'm either going to love this or hate this. Um, but this is the Wickles Hula Picker Pickle Beer. It is a sour brewed with pineapple and jalapeno. And I love pickles. And I don't know if you've ever actually had, so Wickles is like a brand of pickles that are spicy and they're supposed, they're really good. And so, um, I'm either, I'm either going to love this or, or not love it. I don't know, but I mean, it's a pickle beer and I've never had a pickle beer and I've always wanted to try one. And I've always been too afraid to buy one because I'm always like, I don't know. I don't know, but I did it today. Cause I was like, you know what? I want something crazy. I don't want a stout. I don't want a lager. I don't want something regular. I want something off the wall, and this is what I got. So yeah, you you nailed it by going off the wall. <laughs> that's for sure. So, but Highwire Brewing's—they're based in Asheville. They're also brew in Birmingham, Alabama. So they're actually close to both of us, kind of. Um, and it comes in at what did I see? Five percent. I think it comes in at five percent. So it's not crazy strong, but we're gonna see what happens. My wife tasted it, and she said it makes her want nachos. So, take that for that's, what it's worth. That's a good. That's a good sign. Because <laughs> nachos are delicious. Nachos are delicious. So that's what I've got. Pickle beer, Wickles Hula pickle beer. What are you drinking tonight? So I also have a very interesting beer, but on an opposite end of the palate. Um, mm-hmm. I have from Weldworks Brewing Company. They are based in uh, Greeley, Colorado. Um, I have the Specaloose Cookie Butter Milk Stout. Um, mm. And the it, on the can, it says it is made with Specaloose Cookie Butter, Vanilla, Specaloose Cookies, and Milk Sugar. Um, I've never heard of Specaloose Cookies. Those are like those, um, there's like, they, they're what you get on an airplane. Oh, the biscottis? There is like that, yes. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. very similar. Um, seven point one percent ABV, um, and cookie butter is one of my favorite treats. Um, I can have a jar of it and just eat it with a spoon. Like that's mm. how good it is. Um, and so that's I'm hoping that this tastes like that. Um, Weldworks, I've had them a couple of different times on the podcast, maybe. Oh, maybe just once. Hang on. What did I have? I had, oh, I had the German chocolate cake stout from them. Oh, yeah. And it got five um, Luthers. It sure did. So, <laughs> um, they may, their, their niche may be dessert stouts, but if that's their niche, I'm fine with that. Cause <laughs> you're good. <laughs> yeah. I'm very good. Um, and I'm excited because I saw, I saw this because I've, I've, and I've never seen like a cookie butter beer ever. So I, I got really excited about this. Yeah. So, that's what I'm drinking, and I think we should crack these things open and Let's see what do we it. have. Let's do it. Here we go. Three, two, one, crack. Oh, man. So, I don't know if, if people like dill pickle chips. But the initial smell test is like a dill pickle chip. Mine just smells like a stout. Which is what it is, so I'm fine with that. I do like dill pickle chips. I was listening. I heard what yes. you said. Oh, man. Like like dill pickle potato chips. Yes, dill pickle potato chips. Yeah. Because it which is like, one of my favorite snacks too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Lay's chips and dill pickles. Man, now I want a snack. 
Well, let's turn them up, see how they taste. Let's do it. Cheers. I can go. Do it. So this has a very like pretty typical stout flavor. Um, the cookie butter flavor is very subtle, but what you get is very, very, very nice. Um, mm -hmm. I wish that it stuck with you a little bit better because my experience with stouts is like that generic stout flavor and texture is so like in your face, yeah, and strong that it almost overpowers whatever flavors they're trying to bring out in their beer. But all that to say, the cookie butter flavor on this is really, really good. Um, it almost has that smoothness of cookie butter. I don't know if you've ever had it, yeah. but cookie butter is very smooth and like, or at least to me it is. And the texture of this beer almost matches like a spoon of cookie butter. Oh wow. Which is which is really weird because <laughs> it's liquid and cookie butter is not. Um but it all like that's almost like my brain was like, hey, this is familiar. Um <laughs> so I'm gonna take one more sip before I nail down my number. Okay. Yeah, so um, the sweetness of the cookie butter is really nice. Um, Texture's good. It's really, really smooth for a stout. Mm -hmm. It 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 doesn't have that. The stout standard stout flavor is or standard stout texture is there, but it's not totally overpowering like in the past. Um, but I will give this. I'm gonna land at four Luthers on this one. It's really, okay. really good. Um, if you like cookie butter and if you like stouts, I think you would enjoy this one. So nice. I'm going to land at Fort Luther's tonight. Sweet. How's the pickle? So the pickle. All right. So I was anticipating a bit more sour because it said sour ale basically brewed with the, they use the pickle juice. I mean, they use the Wickles pickle juice. Mm -hmm. Um, which is good, and you can definitely get that flavor, but it seems like it's more, like the texture and consistency of it seems more like a like an ale than it does a sour. Mm -hmm. I was expecting a little bit more tart. Um, that's not to say that it's not tart, but it's just like, uh, yours was last week, like it's not a typical sour. Mm -hmm. And so if, you, if you're wanting that uh, typical sour, then then this is this is not going to be that typical sour but it does have a good sour flavor um and so the the pickle flavor is there i get that the jalapeno flavor is there mm. that's pretty easy to get um you can actually it's uh it reminds me of that one i did a long time ago with the habanero in it where like you could feel the burn after you drank it yeah like it's got that good jalapeno burn um, uh, you know, after the fact. So points for all that. The the flavor is there, all that is good. The pineapple to me is a little lacking. It's not there. I was kind of expecting that to bring out some of the tartness. Um, or or that that kind of sweet tart flavor that, that pineapple has. It's a little mm -hmm. weak. Um, but overall, like this is this is a really good specialty beer. Um, you're not going to pair this with something. You're not going to like, um, this is a novelty beer. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so I, I think it, it's like, unless you're eating nachos, that that's, that's, that's really all it's going to be good with. Um, maybe, maybe it's good with a hot dog though. Might be good with something like a hot dog. Hamburgers. Anyway, um, the flavor is not exactly what I wanted, but it is very good. Um, I'm going to come in. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give mine four Luthers tonight as well. Uh, wow. I feel like the pineapple could have pushed it a little bit higher. I feel like the sour 
texture could have been there a little bit more um, just mm-hmm. for me personally. But if you want to try something crazy and and potentially that you'll like, um, and if you like eating potato chips and pickles, this is it. I mean, this is this is a great beer for that. So four Luthers for me, it's good. Um, it's enjoyable. I'm glad I have a couple more of these to drink. I'll probably never drink them again after this, but it was worth a try, and I'm glad I tried it. So four Luthers for me. Cool. Where they go? A couple of beers. Um, high wires, uh, jalapeno, pineapple, pickle beer. Wickles pickle beer. Wickles. I don't have the sheet pulled up right now. I, I closed the sheet already. I'm getting four Luthers from Anthony and the Speck Aloose Cookie Butter Stout getting four Luthers from me tonight. There's our beer review for this week. And after this short break, we will continue our walk through the book of Galatians. We're in chapter one, verses six through 10. So if you want to hit pause right here and read those verses real quick and then hit play again and come back and we'll walk through and, and uh, discuss some more in Galatians. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back from the break. We hope you got your Bible. We hope you're in Galatians. We're going to dive into chapter one, and uh, we'll pick up right where we left off, uh, verse six, and I will read our text tonight. This is Galatians 1, 6 through 10. Paul is writing here, and he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, But there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. This is the word of the Lord, and and let's dive into this thing, because Paul is swinging today. I mean, he did his greeting, and he comes out of the gate, and he goes right at it. Um, And so we're going to see three main uh, points tonight. I'm going to give you those just so we we know where we're going. We're going to talk about deserting the gospel, abandoning Christ. This is going to be focused on verses 6 and 7. Then we're going to talk about distorting the gospel or opposing Christ. Uh, And then we're going to close out by talking about defending the gospel and serving Christ. So let's get into this. Let's talk about deserting the gospel. Um, Like I said, Paul kind of skips over his normal Thanksgiving. A lot of times he'll talk about what he's praying for. If you read his other letters, He doesn't do any of that here. He gives his kind of normal greeting that we talked about last week, and he goes, I mean, he just hammers right into the point. I'm so astonished that you so quickly are deserting the one whom called you in the grace of Christ. And and he, um, his tone changes, everything really about what he's doing and what he's saying to the Galatians changes right in this moment moment over his astonishment. Um, This turn kind of really, it, it, it seems like through the text and through the tone here that that Paul was hurt. Um, and it's probably because, I mean, he had a lot invested in this church. He had gone mm-hmm. to this church. He had set them up. Um, he had taught them the gospel. And then he leaves, and and then and then they're turning. And so to, to Paul, these are kind of like his spiritual children. Um, he's invested a lot into them, and they're not doing right. And if you have children— I think you know exactly what I'm talking about, that feeling that a parent gets when you say, when you try mm-hmm. to teach your kid something, and it's like, it goes in one ear and out the other, and you're just like, oh my gosh, you know, I just strangle you. Um, 
You've never you've never been frustrated like that before, have you? Oh, I'm frustrated. Uh, we have a five year old. It's a daily struggle. Daily so, struggle. So I get it. Yep. So, but but what we're talking about here, this this um, deserting that we're talking about here is not. We're not talking about some kind of secondary, you know, or tertiary issue here. We're. I mean, we're talking about the core of the gospel. Mm. Um, we're talking about the central tenet that Paul had taught them that that faith in Christ alone is what saves you. Um, and, and the word for deserting here actually implies like a complete transformation or a change of state. So again, it's not like they're, they're going sideways. It's, you know, um, I, uh, I'm going to talk about this in just a second, but I think about like GPS is when you plug in an address, you know, take me from where I am to this address. It's like, okay, you can take this road or like, there's this other side road right beside it. That's pretty much the same thing. And then there's this other, uh, you know, and we're not talking about different religions here, but we're, but you you kind of pick one and mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter what little side road you get there but you're all you know you're still going the same path and you're going to the same place um and you're saying that that Christ is is the way and and so you know a side road would be like oh is it calvinism or arminianism is it premillennialism or or amillennialism you know those are side roads that you can tour down and look at and oh look at that house that's pretty and mm-hmm. um you know but but we're talking about man Paul told you to drive east and you're driving west. This is this is not right at all. Um, and so this is this is really a complete reversal. And and think about this because you know, if we if we think back to patterns in scripture, um, there's a similar story that we can think about here, and that is when they're when the Israelites are in the Old Testament, they have this marvelous exodus out of Egypt and the the Red Sea parts and they cross mm-hmm. through on dry ground and Moses leads them and they go into the wilderness and then they start griping and complaining immediately almost. And then they get the Ten Commandments. And while Moses is on the Ten Commandments or uh, on Mount Sinai for 40 days getting the Ten Commandments, what do they do? They look at Aaron, Moses' brother, and like, hey, maybe Moses is dead. Make us a calf so we can worship something. You know? <laughs> this- right. I mean, they just go off the rails almost immediately. And so, you know, we have this pattern in scripture. So, I, I mean, honestly, for us who are who are 2,000 years removed from, from the New Testament, from Galatians, um, it's really not surprising for us because we get, you know, we get the Old Testament and we're like, huh, look what they did. Oh, they did it again. Oh, they did it again. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like this cycle that, that we've talked about that keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but... But in Exodus 32, you have the golden calf incident that happens, and and it's very similar, very drawing on on those those same motifs, if you will, of of basically abandoning your faith almost immediately. Um, and so what what this should teach us as Christians right here is this should teach us the need for sound doctrine in our life, and and understand what I'm saying, like study. Believe what you believe, and and there are certain core tenets. There are certain um, central things that you have to believe to be considered a Christian, a, a Bible believing Christian. You know, faith in Jesus Christ, Christ uh, salvation comes by uh, through Christ alone, no other way. Um, and and it's the the substitutionary atonement of Christ that makes that salvation possible. His life, death, and work. Um, and, and, you know, there, this is the gospel that, that is kind of central to it. And then we can add, you know, tertiary things. We can talk about that later. Um, but that sound doctrine, that, that doctrine that is rooted in faith in Christ is going to be key and it's going to be essential for the Christian life. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I just mentioned this, but like, think about doctrine as like a GPS, a GPS is only useful when it gets you from where you're going to the endpoint that you need to get to. So if the endpoint is is salvation in Christ alone and we're here, then then Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is the is the way to that. And mm. you know, if if you plug in an address and say, I'm, you know, I'm in Mobile, Alabama, okay, well, I'm gonna go to um Birmingham, Alabama. So I plug into my GPS and it's like, oh, you need to drive up I-65 to get to Birmingham, Alabama. And I start driving down I-10 thinking I'm going to get to Birmingham. That's, you know, that GPS to me is is useless at that right. point because I'm may not well, following you, the instructions. You may as well throw that out the window. Exactly. Um, and so kind of like that, sound doctrine from Scripture, pulled from Scripture, exegeted from Scripture, is is 
going to be something that should point us to Christ. And if it does not point us to Christ, then it is not sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's that's a pretty good like litmus test that we can put on doctrine. And and you know, there's doctrines that I disagree with, but I will readily admit, you know what, that doctrine does not point people away from Christ. So I'm okay if people believe that doctrine. I don't agree with it personally, and you know, here's my reasons that I don't agree with it. Okay, that's fine. We can have a discussion about that. But if the doctrine does not point people to Christ, then it is not a doctrine worth following. Um, And I I think that that believers today need to get back to more of the sound doctrine uh, as opposed to it's all about a relationship, and and I don't need doctrine. I don't need theology. Okay, if you don't need theology, tell me who Jesus is. Well, he... Oh, stop. You're doing theology right now you're doing doctrine right, right now <laughs> yeah. um so you know we 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 try to stay away from things that we think are divisive but and there really shouldn't be but we make them that way because that's our fleshly nature right so understand that that here we're not talking about a religious pluralism i mentioned that earlier we're not talking about saying that you know you can take multiple roads and and the and the Buddhist road and the the Catholic road and the Hindu road and the Muslim road. They're all the same. They all lead to the ultimate point of you know salvation. No, they don't, because Buddhists don't believe in Jesus. Muslims don't believe in Jesus. Um, Catholics is we're not going to get onto that subject tonight. <laughs> but um, that's Mormons a, that's don't a believe in, for another time. Yeah, that's right. Mormons don't believe in Jesus. Not Jesus as defined by Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they they it, they all do something. They they twist Jesus just a little bit to make him in their image, and and that that creates a an exclusivity to Christianity. And there there's a quote in in one of our commentaries, and it's from Tony Merida, and it says it is difficult for people to embrace the exclusiveness of the gospel when they swim in a sea of religious pluralism and philosophical relativism. And mm. I mean, if that doesn't describe our society today is, is everything is right. Everything is, is just whatever you want it to be. And, and the only people who are wrong are the Christians because yeah. they believe that that's, it's exclusive. And and so clearly you can't believe in exclusivity, but you can believe in all these other things. And it, you, it doesn't it doesn't compute to me in my logic um there but but so we we readily affirm that there is only one way to heaven there's only one way to eternal glory and that is through the person and work of Jesus Christ and and that's the central part of what Paul was teaching the Galatians and had taught the Galatians and that's what the Judaizers were coming in and distorting that's what they were changing. And Paul gets right into that in verses eight and nine. So why don't you take us through eight and nine and talk about distorting the gospel? Sure. So Paul is going to get into it here like he already hasn't. Um, and he's going to talk about what it looks like when we oppose Christ and what the consequences of the, that is. Okay. Um, he essentially says the same thing in these two verses. I want to reread them. Um verse 8, he says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel other than what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel contrary to what you received, a curse be on him. Mm. Paul is saying, you know, he's really bringing his focus to this by, you know, something, you know, you used the kid analogy earlier. When... I'm trying to tell something to my son mm-hmm. and he doesn't get it the first time and I have to repeat it. Yep. And repeat it and repeat and repeat it. And like <laughs> Paul is essentially treating the church in Galatia here the same way. Yeah. He is saying, you know, here is my main point. Don't change the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> and here's what happens when you change the gospel. You will be cursed. And he yeah. says it in back-to-back verses. It's not like he's he mentioned it at the at the top and then mentions it again at the end of the letter. It's like right here back to back. Yeah. Um and the reason that he's the reason that he's going to harp on this, the reason, you know, the reason he's gonna he's gonna really try to drive this home is that when you distort the gospel, it brings confusion and it brings division mm-hmm. um it, it it you know 
we confuse the gospel when you distort it because we try to mix up works and grace and and it you you try to marry the two or you know do we have to work or is it really grace alone or or does does the works do anything or is it anything that I'm doing um like that's that is very confusing and yeah. honestly even as someone who's been a follower of Jesus for 15 years I still get confused in it sometimes. Yeah. You know, um, like I know what scripture says about, you know, I am saved by the work of Jesus alone, but I'm saved for something. Yeah. And that something is my works. Yeah. You know, um, but it's still like my flesh is still like poking me like, hey, you still have to work for it. You still have to yeah. do something. You still have to you, you, you. And I have to remind myself constantly, like, know what I am, you know, what my works are when I serve, when I serve others, when I serve my church, that is an overflow of a affection for what Jesus has done for me, not me trying to gain affection for G- from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that feels confusing and it is confusing. <clears throat> Um, but when the true gospel of Christ is changed, that just brings out more confusion. Yeah. Um, Sinclair Ferguson wrote, um, that the glory of the gospel is that God has declared Christians to be rightly related to him in spite of their sin. But our greatest temptation is to try to smuggle character into his work of grace. Um, I love that. I I love that quote. You know, it's, you know, we are trying to bring our best alongside God's grace. Yeah. And the funny thing is, and I feel like if, if Christians could get this idea figured out, like your best is garbage. In comparison to a holy God and mm-hmm. what Jesus did on the cross, like your absolute best is trash. Mm-hmm. So stop trying so hard. You don't I like not don't try, like not just give up. But yeah. like there is nothing you can do to earn the favor of God. The favor of God has been bestowed on you. Yeah. And so Maybe just take a step back as a believer and say, okay, I just need to trust in the work of Jesus, trust in what he's done. I'm still responsible for me. Like I'm still responsible for doing the things I know I need to do. But at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, those things I do aren't earning me anything in, uh, in the eyes of Jesus. Yeah. It's it's like we're afraid of the simplicity of the gospel. Yeah. You know? And so like, we we smuggle. This is what Sinclair, I mean, it's exactly what you just read that he was talking about. We try to smuggle other things in because we're afraid of the simplicity that it that it actually is that simple. Yeah. So <clears throat> and that and that and that's not to say, and we'll get into this maybe later tonight and probably several times over the next few weeks. That's not to say that that gives you freedom and liberty to just live however. Yeah. But when you are a follower of Jesus and you are serving in your church, you serve your community, you give to you, you tithe to your church or you give to charities or, um, you know, when you're a husband and you're serving your wife or serving your kids or, um, you know, sacrificing that big thing at work to spend time with your family because that's Mm -hmm. where you need to be. All of those things are a response to what Jesus has already given you. Yeah. None of those things are you earning the favor of God or earning your salvation. And so 
when we when we choose to live life that way, when we choose to live life where the things I'm doing are an overflow of um out, out of an overflow of what Jesus has done for me. When we choose to live that way, it takes all of the pressure off of us yeah. to do things right in quotation yeah. marks. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm going to serve my wife the absolute best I can. I'm a fallen man who sins every single day. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's not a day that goes by that I don't need the blood of Jesus. So my serving of my wife, the best I can do is going to be wildly imperfect. Yeah. And, and, and the same is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Follower of Jesus or not. So instead of trying to do all the things to earn your salvation, just be thankful for your salvation from Jesus. Like not your salvation from Jesus, like thankful for your salvation that Jesus gave you mm-hmm. and then serve out of it. Yeah. It, it's, you're right when it it we it is overly simple and yet we as me, as men or as man try to complicate it yes. and succeed in complicating it because <laughs> that's just what we do so yep um whew, gosh so um so distortion brings about confusion um and division distortion reverses the gospel um if you look at Ephesians 2, there's a summary of the gospel in verses 8 through 10. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And the order is very important here. Um, The beginning of that passage we are saved by grace mm-hmm. or by grace. You have been saved through faith that it happens first. And then we are saved for good works. Um, verse 10 for we are in, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Um, so you are saved by the grace of God. Nothing you have done before or nothing you are doing then or nothing you will do after. Mm-hmm. earns your salvation <clears throat> after you are saved that's when your purpose as a follower of Jesus is revealed and that is for good works um to further the kingdom serve your community serve your church yeah. um where you work all those things and it's up like you trust in Jesus to show you where you are how you're wired to serve and how you're wired to um advance the kingdom. Yeah. So um maybe, yeah, we've already talked about this. The beauty of the gospel being that the this change that happens in you or happens in us should rec- should incline us toward good works because mm-hmm. of the mercy we've received. It it's it's a we've received mercy, therefore we should go, we should get to work. Yeah. You know, it, it's a, it's almost like, uh, this may be a really poorly worded example. I don't know. But like, imagine getting paid bef- for work you haven't done yet. Yeah. You still have to do the work because you've earned the money or you've mm-hmm. been given the money. Kind of the same thing. But yeah. I mean, if you get the money, you could you could you could book it. So I guess I guess that's not really a good example. <laughs> but um, so our morality, our good deeds, our good attitudes will not save us. Yeah, they they cannot save us. The the your best day is your best day in and of yourself without the blood of Jesus sends you to hell. Yep. Like there's there's. There's nothing you can do apart from Jesus. So mm-hmm. um, it's only Christ's perfect righteousness um, that's imputed to to us through the cross that can save us. Um, and then Tony Merida or Merida, 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 I, 
I'm bad with words. Um, uh, this quote here, he has, he says um, that we should not complain that there is only one way to heaven. We should marvel at the fact that there is a way. Yeah. You know, he, it could have been up to us to, to keep a list of we've got to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, we have to do everything right to a T. And if you mess anything up, you have to go back and fix it and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. The blood of Jesus covers all that. Yeah. Um, and then out of an overflow of what Jesus has done for us, that's where the us working comes into play. So yep. I hope that made sense. Um, as we talked about distorting the gospel. Um not anything. Why don't you wrap up the section tonight and talk about defending the gospel in verse 10? Yeah. So uh, Paul goes back kind of to the defense here um, and he changes or, or he comes against a charge that people possibly were bringing against him. Um, I feel like if he put it in there, he's probably got a reason to say it. Um, you know, but but his tone here strictly communicates or clearly communicates rather um, that he's not worried about the opinions of man. Um, he's not really worried about what somebody's going to say about him. Um, he's, he is only worried about his standing before God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the Judaizers here, you know, they, they're really kind of seeing Paul potentially as a, a politician, you know, remember, you know, he was one of them before, uh, Acts chapter nine, you know, he yeah. was, he was a Jew of Jews. So what he calls himself. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so these guys know Paul and to see Paul basically on this, this one eighty flip, they're like, Oh man, no, no, no. You don't know what I know about this guy. You don't know that he did this and he did that and he did this and he did that. And they start spelling out all these things and they're like, man, he is playing you. Uh, he's trying to get you on his side so that he can use you. And, and, they're seeing him as a politician, somebody who's trying to 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 toy with people, mm-hmm. um, rather than somebody who's preaching theology. Um, and so, what we see here is is that they wanted to tear that down. And he's saying, "Look, I'm not doing this for their approval. I don't really care about their approval because I'm not trying to please man. I'm trying to please God." Right. And and so what we see there is is theirs is a very man-centered because they're trying to tear down the man to build it. And, and typically whenever somebody gets to the, to where they're tearing somebody else down, it's usually to build themselves up. Uh, it's not always the case, but, but in most cases. And so I, I think it's safe to say that they might've been doing this because they saw who they were or who Paul was and how strong he was. And now he's playing for the other team. You know, mm. he's, he's, he was playing for the Dodgers and now he's playing for the Braves. I mean, this is, this is, this is bad news for the Dodgers. Um, if you're a Braves fan, you'll, you'll get that one. That, that'll, <laughs> that'll never happen. But anyway, it's like going uh, for, anyway, yeah, no. <laughs> we did have that one Brave that went to play for the Dodgers. That's, we're not talking about that. Um, but, but essentially what they're doing is they're trying to build themselves up because, because their, their perspective is man centered. And in our own fleshliness, a lot of times we seek that same man-centered approval mm-hmm. when we point to the things that we do, the things that we did. Look at what I did, you know. And that's that's all in our fleshly struggle that we have to fight on a day-to-day basis through our sanctification, mm-hmm. which is what we need mercy and grace for every day. You know, we have yeah. justification, which sets us right, and then we need mercy and grace on a continual daily basis. Yeah. Um, because we're we're never gonna get it right until we're glorified, until we stand before for God in heaven, we're never gonna be glorified. And so, you know, that's just that's part of that struggle. And and we wanna we want to rely on ourselves. We we like to be self-sufficient, especially 21st century Americanism says you need to provide everything for yourself. You don't need to rely on somebody else. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to it's it's this hyper individualistic perspective that says i have to provide everything i have to do this you know if i'm if i'm the husband then i have to have the the good paying job and the nice cars and the nice house and the you know go through your list of what society says you're supposed to do and that's what we put on ourselves to be the to 
to be for everybody else. And and the beauty of the gospel says you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to provide any part of your salvation because Christ already did that. Right. That has been done. And so this this really changes our perspective on what the gospel, which is why we talk about defending the gospel and serving Christ. Because Paul says, if I were trying to serve man, I would not be a servant of Christ. You can't serve both. Jesus said that, you know, when he was mm-hmm. talking about, uh, when he was talking about money, he said, you can't have two masters. You can right. only serve one or the other. And and I think that the concept there applies in in all areas of life. You can't have two masters. You can't serve man and you can't serve God. You have to pick which one you're going to choose. Are you going to serve man and be man-centered? Or are you going to serve God and only be worried about the things that God is worried about? Yeah. And and when we get to that, we really change our perspective, going back to what you were talking about, and simplifying the gospel, mm-hmm. making it simple rather than distorted or confusing. Yeah. It's it's really like it's really stupid how simple the gospel is. Yeah. You know, like like it's it's you know that whole that you know keep it simple, stupid. Like <laughs> it is ridiculously simple, yeah. And yet, our flesh wants it to be complicated, and I think part of that is because life in and of itself is complicated. Yeah, you know, you're juggling what twenty commitments at a time. Sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's just we 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 don't want to accept or we don't want to believe that the gospel can be simple, right? Because everything else in life is so chaotic and so yeah, ninety miles an hour in every direction, trying to keep up, and you know the the analogy of like. You see a duck on the water and it looks so calm, but if you could see underneath its feet are going a hundred <laughs> miles an hour, just looks like it's spinning. It, it that's what life feels like. Like you yeah. may look calm, but you are running yourself ragged. Um and I don't know I, I don't know what, what point I was trying to make there, but well, I'm glad you made that point because I, I just I remembered this quote and I had it in I had it in my notes, but I didn't put it in our notes for tonight. But it, you made me think of it when you were talking about that, and I think this is a great quote. This is from the Communicator's Commentary, and uh, and he's talking about this this verse here, and he says, "But then the egotists that we are, I think that's a great description for, mm. for mankind. The egotists that we are, uh, so enamored of our own ability and power." so engulfed in the self-sufficiency of our technological, secular culture. We believe that we must do something to save ourselves. We take on another system, another law, becoming slaves again. It may be the law of proper liturgy and worship, or correct doctrine, or church polity and order, but it is still law, and grace or it is still law and grace is superseded by our system. That's exactly mm. what you're talking about right there. Doesn't, you know, and, and I love that he said it that way, you know, even all the way down to church polity, you know, mm-hmm. something that we would think is, is, is a noble cause, you know, how we order the church. It's a noble cause. We even let things like that get in the way and distort and muddy and, and confuse the gospel because, we we want to make it into we're so bound up by ourselves that we want to make it into something that we think it should be. Yeah. You know. And and I think it it hits home because you know, when you when you when you point that one finger, you've always got three pointing back at you. And so ask yourself, what are those three that are pointing back at me? Why am yeah. why am I pointing this finger at somebody else, you know? It's not saying that that you pointing the finger is wrong. That's that's not what that saying means. You know, but it is saying that be aware of what you're doing because you might be doing the exact same thing that you're accusing somebody else of. Yeah. And so be prepared to to deal with it in your own life. It's it's not wrong to point out somebody else's mistakes and say, Hey man, I think you should work on this because scripture says we should do this. But don't get mad when that person comes back to you and says, Hey man, you told me this and I'm and I'm bringing it back to you because I saw you doing this. And scripture mm-hmm. says that. Yeah. You know? So 
Put your put your pride aside. Stop being an egotist. That's my that's my favorite word of the week. Egotist. <laughs> mm. But you're I mean, you're totally right though. Like how many how many times have you walked into a church or walked into your church, not you just any church, but like your church, and been like, oh, they like I don't like these songs. Mm-hmm. I I don't like I don't like the lights. I don't I don't like the shirt the pastor's wearing. Like yeah. like like mm-hmm. stupid stuff. Like okay. <laughs> like do the songs worship Jesus? Yeah. Do the songs um strengthen the church and strengthen the body? Are are is there anything in in the songs that you can find that's not scriptural or not Yeah. Um doesn't glorify Jesus. Okay. Deal with that, but don't yeah. have such like a don't have such a pissy attitude about it. If it's unscriptural, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. But if it's not unscriptural and it's just not what you like, yeah. Get over yourself. Yeah. We talked about that last week with legalism. Like it's yeah. not about you. <laughs> it, it's it's not about your wants, your desires, like how you would run things. If you want to run things, go start a church. Yeah. <laughs> Go do it. Like and do it your way, but guess what? There's going to be people who come that don't, don't like, like your the way. way. Don't like the way you're doing it. <laughs> like if we agreed 100% with everything our church did, there would be no growth there would be no opportunity for growth in mm-hmm. in the church. Yeah. Do I agree with 100% of what my church does? Maybe or maybe not. There's some things that I'm like, I wish they would do this different. Yeah. But I'm okay with it because of all the other stuff that they do that's really good. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure Anthony would have the same would have exact the same, same thing. feeling. Yeah. Like if you agree hundred percent with your church, then you're just a I mean, almost a puppet. Yeah. You no. Know? Yep. So I don't know. Well, there's some uh, there's some questions or there's some I say questions there's some discussion on on verses six through ten I hope that's beneficial for you you know um, we talked about deserting the gospel we talked about distorting the gospel uh, we talked about defending the gospel and mm-hmm. um, something we started last week we're going to keep doing this but I just I want to take some questions and and just put them out there to, to think about this week as you read over these verses in Galatians and I would encourage you read them over and over and over again um and and think and meditate on how these verses can be applied to our lives yeah. this week you know. Um, and, and the first question is, what does this passage teach us about the gospel? What does it, uh, what do we see coming, coming from the gospel in this passage? Yeah. Um, the second question is, what are some ways that our current society distorts the gospel? And I don't mean just the secular part of the society in this questions, just like that quote I just read, what are some ways that the church distorts the gospel and mm. how can we, how can we improve on that? I don't want to say fight. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not trying to get people, you know, to start fights in their churches here. But how can we improve? How can we better the church to make the church look more like the bride of Christ today than mm-hmm. it did yesterday? Yeah, you know. Yeah. The when when there's something that you feel like needs to change in your church, the proper way to handle it is in love. Yep, but also in truth, and you you know there may be a disagreement. Your leadership may say, "Well, no, we're still going to do things this way." And at that point, you come to a you you have to come to a place where you say, "Okay, well, either I'm okay with this Mm -hmm. staying the same, or I'm not, and we're going to move on." Yeah, but you don't need to make a big fuss about it. You don't need to make a, a big production about well. Yada yada church down the street didn't listen to my issues and I'm taking it personally and never going to church. Like that's that's yeah. not the proper way to handle that. No. The proper way to handle it is peaceful conversation, lay out the lay out your concerns, hear the other side of it, and maybe maybe both sides learn a little bit. Yeah. The church um, is not an airport, so there's no need to announce your departure. Ooh. <laughs> mm. It's like the and people who are 
It's like a people who announce a social media fast <laughs> on social media. On social media. The irony. That's one, that's one of my favorite things to see. <laughs> I don't do it, but it's one of my favorite things to see. It is fun. So what are what are some ways that our current society distorts the gospel? And, and the last question uh, for this week is to think about is how can we better guard against trying to please men instead of God? And I think we just talked about that a little bit. You know, what are ways that we as individuals, because... The you know the reality is you're not going to walk into some church that you've never met and be like you guys need to change all of these things that that's not the uh, the proper approach to take here. But mm-hmm. what are changes that you you can make individually? What are changes that I can make individually to say I'm going to guard myself against trying to please man? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. What are some ways? Because yeah. if you can do that and you can encourage the people who are around you to do that then it begins to grow and it begins to swell. And that, and and that's that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to improve the church on a day-to-day basis with with the knowledge that we have from this week, you know, from this study. What did, what did we learn this week? What can we take and and say I'm going to do this better this week. Yeah. Um it's just one thing because if you keep doing one thing, you'll eventually start to see progress. Yeah. So, you have anything else you want to add? Um, I don't think so. I think we've we've uh, covered this pretty well. So, um, I mean, can I pray we, for us? Yeah, <laughs> sure. I was about to say maybe we have. I don't know. I guess people will let us know have. If they have if we haven't. But yeah, Anthony, yeah. will you pray for us tonight? I will. God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the opportunity to dive into your word into Galatians. I thank you for what Galatians teaches us. Uh, and God, I pray that as the people of God this week, that we would be um focused we would be attentive to uh how we're approaching the gospel this week god that we would not desert the gospel like the galatians did um that people would not look at us and go man what why did you change so quick but god we would be consistent and focused uh on you and and on the atoning work that christ did and god that we wouldn't distort the gospel that we wouldn't be like the judaizers uh god that we would keep a good check on ourselves to say uh what am i doing to push forward the good news that comes because Jesus Christ came and lived on the earth and lived the life that we could not live and died the death that we deserve. God, that we would stay so focused on the central point of the gospel that it would emanate from every part of our being and that people would say there's something different about that person. And God, that we can be ready to defend the gospel, that we're not here to please men, that we're not here to to please the world. We're not here to to do anything other than promote the name of Jesus Christ and to push his renown and to say that, that everyone needs to need to call all to repentance in the name of Jesus. And so, God, I pray that as we think about these things this week and as we um, live these things out in our lives, God, that that the people around us would be affected, the people around us would be changed um, through our attitudes, through our actions, and God, that we can better represent you and we can encourage other believers to better represent you in the world around us. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your word and for your scripture that you've given to us to study. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Michael, if people wanted to reach us on platforms of social media communication, where would they do that? That's a weird way to say it. But uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore Twitter at beers and Bible P1 Facebook search beers and Bible podcast. And you can email us the old school way beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. Um, anything that we've discussed in the last couple of weeks in Galatians, if you have any thoughts on it, the reflection questions that we pose at the end, um, you have any beers that you'd like for us to review that you think we could try to track down uh, where we are located at. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up and we'll, we'll do our best to, uh, to respond in a quick and timely manner. Yes. Let's do it. Until next week, I hope that your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open and we will see you later. Deuces. Deuces.